This show is made possible by its patrons at patreon.com slash the Phileas Club, and the link is in the show notes. You can support the show financially if you enjoy it, if you think it's fun, if you think it's cool, if you think it's informative, if you think it's useful, then maybe consider throwing a few bucks our way. Patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. This is episode 139, and we talk about the French and their love slash maybe hate relationship with strikes and demonstrations. Hello, everyone, and Happy New Year to all around the world, whether you are in the Southern Hemisphere, the Northern Hemisphere, the left of the political spectrum, the right of the political spectrum, or anywhere else, whoever you are. You are loved, appreciated, at least by me. Well, I mean, there are a couple of you there in the corner that I don't like that much, but let's just say that even for today, I'm going to tell you Happy New Year, even to you. Um, my name is Patrick Beja, this is the Phileas Club, and on this show we get people from different countries, different parts of the world, and we get together and we talk about stuff in an open, welcoming, heartwarming uh, environment. Wholesome is our middle name, and uh, usually we talk about the news, and today we're going to do kind of a hybrid show. It's like half news, but also culture, um, as we sometimes do those specials. Uh, we try to do them every month. And uh, we're going to be talking about France. And when you think of France, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Is it like wine? Is it good food? Is it like uh, escargot, snails? Or maybe it could be strikes and uh, people going in the street to demonstrate their frustrations about things that are happening. Well, that's what we're going to cover. I wanted to talk about wine and bread and uh, good food, but then I invited Kasim, who is right there, and he was like, nah, we're, we're just going to talk about strikes. Welcome, Kasim. Welcome to the Hi. show. Thanks for having me. I hope I'm part of the people you actually like and not the other part. <laughs> you don't really like. Oh, yeah. You, you have to be, like, really bad in order for me to not like you. Like, uh, I, I'm thinking about, I don't know, like, uh, genocidal, genocidal, genocide, genocidal maniacs and, and Nazis that I punch in the face uh, with right. glee and stuff like that. So uh, I don't think you're a Nazi. No, no. No, you're not I'm a Nazi. <laughs> okay, so see, yeah, it's fine. Um, you are French, however, as yes. is exemplified by your lovely yeah. accent. Yeah, I think everyone gets it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're going to be talking about strikes. And I have to say that I'm not exactly sure how to approach this discussion. I know I want to have it. I think it's going to be valuable to the listeners because strikes in France and demonstrations are something that is a little bit different. Even uh, unions are something that is a little bit different from other countries, especially the US, but I think many other countries from what I've seen. Um, but I, it's it's so, it part, so much part of the culture and uh, part of me because I'm very French, but at the same time, I'm very not French because I'm, I'm so 
outside of the country. Um, so I don't know exactly how this is going to go, but we're going to try to do the best we can. Before we start, I do want to, for people to have a little bit of uh, context, um, talk about where we stand ourselves, uh, us two personally, um, let's say on the political spectrum, so that people understand where we're coming from. Um, I would define myself as uh, center-right on the French political spectrum, um, which I think for most people outside of France would probably mean center to center left. I, I don't know if, Kasim, you would agree with that characterization from what you know of well, me. I think it's something like uh, equivalent to the US Democrats, I think. Yeah. Right. So yeah, so so in the, in the US, I would be considered left wing, definitely. Um, and but I know that a lot of my friends in France consider me to be a right wing uh, person. Yeah, because uh, the French spectrum is a bit different from other yeah. countries. All right, so you would agree that uh, it's fair to call me center right, roughly, even in France, or yeah. yeah? Okay, cool, excellent. I was I I thought you might say, <laughs> you might say like no, you're like a conservative, horrible bourgeois capitalist. Uh, although maybe you know center right fits that description as well for French people. Well, I'm, I'm preparing the ground for when I'm going to come out as a heavy leftist. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I would, I think from what I know of you, and we don't, you know, we're not like best friends for 20 years. We're, we're I know you a little bit, but I think you're center left, maybe left, like uh, uh, your affinities are with the so Socialist Party, which is left of the political spectrum. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, it's even in the yeah, it's a equivalent to the left and in the Socialist Party in France. But even the Socialist Party in France now have a wide spectrum of ideas. Sometimes, so uh, uh, even inside this party, it would be the left, uh, the left of wing the, of the the left, of well, the left wing. Yeah. So I th I think on that front it's important to uh, explain first of all for I've been talking about this a lot in in this show um, because again especially for our American friends when you say socialism people think <laughs> about communism which are two very different things Ob obviously socialism has a, a, a long history as a term and as a political movement but let's say in modern times, socialism is equivalent to, let's say, um, uh, social democracy, which is completely in line with, it's like modulations of capitalism uh, as we know it throughout the Western world. And there's there are, it plays on the importance of safety nets. So, um, uh, unemployment benefits, uh, social security, all of those are you know, m more or it's, less emphasized? Yeah, go ahead. It's going to, I think the basis is that it's starting from the capitalism and going to something more on equality and uh, equality. Equality, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, work, but working to, to there with a, a, a democratic uh, way of doing things and not... Uh, like trying to take the power by uh, by weapons and yeah by force or by anything force, like yeah. that yeah and, and even more importantly like the basis is a free market 
Like th there's yeah. no one, I think, even on the leftist uh, wings <laughs> of the Socialist Party will argue that we should have a centralized uh, uh, market without free competition. Like that makes no sense to anyone. Some people will argue, you know, some services need to be um, uh, controlled by the state in order for them to be equally distributed throughout the country and the different regions, because some are economically uh, less interesting to companies to uh, serve. And so they wouldn't be served things like, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, essential infrastructure services like um, electricity, uh, health, again, education, these kinds of things are more or less controlled by the state. But it is specific areas which I think, understandably, everyone, even in, in socialist, uh, uh, sorry, in very capitalistic countries like the US, people could argue, well, you need that kind of education, this kind of education, vouchers and private schools and these kinds of things and uh, private hospitals. But the discussion is happening about how much of it should be private and how much of it should be public. And it's the same in France. We do have private schools. We do have private hospitals, obviously. Um, it's just like the safety net. The basis of it is usually, or at least that's the ideal, available to everyone because the state is very involved in those things. Um, but but no one would say you can't you know have a free market if, and free enterprise. Um, so it's definitely if you remember anything from this this discussion, nothing to do um, with communism. And to clarify on my position and uh, to come back to that question, I think I would uh, vote in the U.S. for some uh, between Warren and uh, Sanders, uh, depending on the on the topic, but. Uh, uh, I'm there on the political spectrum, actually. Right. And and Sanders is considered, I, I yeah. would say, uh, even for friends, some of the things Sanders is talking about are, um, mm. I feel, I don't know his policies very, very well, but my impression is that even for friends, he would be like definitely on the left of yeah. the political spectrum, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. I agree. Okay. So that's the, 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 the set is set. And uh, sh we should probably talk about this specific strike, what it's about. I I'm sure people know this gen uh, large strike is about retirement and the retirement reform um, that the government is trying to put in place. And um, the, the, a lot of the country is unhappy about the way it's going. And the strike started four weeks ago or so. There was kind of a quieting down during the holiday period. Um, but it's, a, I would say, one of the more important strikes in the history of the country. There have been, I would say, every 10 to 20 years, there's a very large social movement uh, as we call them in the country. And um, they are characterized by strikes and demonstrations that keep going for weeks and weeks. This is probably one of the longest ones uh, we've we've known. Um, um, yeah. And I would say that it's a strike that uh, um, is being done by a lot of workers through um, several uh, places like it's not just the transport of the teachers it's also the you are you had the dancer at the opera and and other kind of workers that are on strike and it's not just the transport of one particular side of um, one society yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, because obviously the the one that is the most impactful is transportation. I think yeah. that's the case in in most countries when there are strikes, you really notice when transportation uh, workers are on strike. And the metro and train is where things usually start to get uh, uh, heated in France, because obviously that affects people's everyday life. And to give you an idea of the scope of this uh, current strike, it's uh, Especially in Paris, in the capital, where metro and uh, public transport is so important, um, it's it's not a hundred percent blocked. Like you do have some metro lines that run one train every four trains or something like that during specific hours, um, but most people have difficulties getting to work and would spend hours and hours on a on a trip that would usually take them you know 45 minutes they would spend three hours uh and it's difficult to get to work and i'm guessing most people don't go to work every weekday um uh, during that I, time i've been remote working for the past five weeks six weeks <laughs> right <laughs> um so uh, yeah i think this is uh like it's it's actually um paralyzing large parts of the country. And the last time that there was this bad a strike, I remember it, and I think a lot of people who are my age remember it, it was in 95 and it lasted three weeks, so less uh, uh, long than this current strike. And the country was completely paralyzed. Um, it had consequences on the economy that were dire. Um, a lot of companies had to close down because they couldn't get inventor inventory and stuff like that. Um, I think it was about uh, re the retirement reform back then still yeah. uh, already, I, I guess. Yeah. 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 So this is really one of the big societal issues that we are, uh, we have been continuously debating in the country. Uh, and as Kasim said, it's not just the um, transportation workers and the unions, which in France, I think unions work. That's also a point that I think is interesting to make. Unions work uh, a little bit different differently than in some other countries I've seen. Um, they are not mandatory, unlike in a country like uh, Germany, for example, and they tend to be... Uh, so I, I think in my experience, the unions that aren't mandatory to be a part of, you don't have to choose a union when you start working. You can in just... In fact, I think only something like under 10% of workers yeah. uh, are in union in France, I think. Even, even less than that, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's very low. And it means that very often the members of the unions are the most uh, uh, convinced, the most uh, active and the most, uh, I might even say, radical uh, members of, of the, the worker force. Um, so that gives you an idea of, of the, I would say, the um uh, uh the train the head of the train that is how do you call it the locomotive ah damn it <laughs> uh, so they are the the head of it but as kasim said uh at least and especially in the case of this uh, demonstration it's not just them it's large parts of the worker uh um uh, I mean, there are definitely the motivating elements, but they have a lot of people who agree with them and not just in the traditionally unionist um, uh, sectors like transportation. We've seen strikes in many different areas of uh, uh, the, the country. Cassie mentioned the dancers at the opera and uh, um, teachers and, and other things like that. 
I is it fair? My impression, Kasim, you can tell me if that's uh, fair or not. My impression is that um, it's still a, a majority of the public sector or you know transportation um, and and public sector that is actively demonstrating and striking against the um, the the reform. The private sector, maybe they agree with the demonstrations, but the strike hasn't spread to any of the private sector, is my impression. Is that fair? Right. I think it's um, you could you could argue that uh, because the yellow jacket are also protesting um, against this reform, you and I think the yellow jacket are mostly. Uh, uh, populated by private by members of the private sector i think um, the private sector is supporting at least most uh, of them are supporting the strikes but yeah i don't think uh, the strike has reached that far into the private sector yet um let's just say that in france as uh, um Public, uh, the public workers are more are more often on strike and protesting. Uh, maybe because there are more. I don't know. It's it's really a culture in France of uh, I think of the to like you said to the you said that some a small part of the union leads the leads the effort uh, to to strike and protest. And I think. Um, it's the same between public and private. Public is leading the charge and private sector is uh, following and supporting, but not uh, acting as much as, a, as the public sector. I don't there, think it's yeah, I think there are two things I want to dive into here. And I don't know how much we're going to talk about the specifics of this uh, strike. Maybe we'll, we'll get back to it, but I want to harp on something you, you just said. Um, there's a culture of strike in France and it's the best way I can describe it for people who look at it and not, don't understand. It's almost like, you know, I don't know, religion in the US or the Second Amendment um, in the US. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going <laughs> to, I prepared that to, yeah, I was going to compare it to the Second Amendment in the US and the right to have weapons. I think it's almost the same thing because it's really a cultural and um, a cultural thing that came from history, I think. It, it seems, some people have been linking it to uh, the revolution, which is an essential yep. part of our history. Um, I think if when I think back of high school history lessons, the the one thing that I guess maybe the two things that I remember the most are um, the the kingship and the revolution, and of course the two are very much linked. But the revolution is like the defining. Uh, historical act of uh, modern French history. And I would say that even, again, you know, when we talk about left-wing, right-wing in France, um, no one is going to argue that you shouldn't have uh, public health, you know, uh, uh, socialized medicine, I guess is how some people call it. No one will argue, no, we don't need that. Or no one will argue, we don't need uh, unemployment benefits people might argue how it should be implemented and how much we should get, but no one will say, no, you don't need it. Everyone should get um, uh, unemployment benefits and, and uh, free education and all of that. I think it's the same with the right to strike. Uh, the right to strike is extremely important to 
I would say the entire population. Some people will tell you, well, I disagree with this strike. I think they're going too far. Or in the case of the um, retirement reform, which is, you know, I, I don't know how much we're going to delve into that, as I said, because every country is having that issue with retirement and the reform and how far they should go. But some people will say, I don't think we should strike for this or the, the reform the government is proposing is good or bad or whatever. Or I don't think we should strike in this one or it's lasted too long. But no one will tell you strikes aren't good. Like everyone will tell you, yes, we need to be able to strike freely and the right to strike is protected, enshrined uh, by legislation in the country. And that's something everyone would approve, um, I think. Yeah, and I think that's come from, you said it, it's from the French Revolution, but also from the past uh, victories of uh, strikes. We talked about 95, where uh, the reform, the retirement reform was actually cancelled, I think, by the government. Mostly, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, But before that, uh, the strikes and the union got the minimum wages and um, the work week of 40 hours, I think, was from a strike also. Um, and maybe the, uh, I believe the guaranteed uh, pay holidays also was a result of uh, a strike. So uh, you have a, a history, a long past history of, uh, of strikes proving that you can get uh, new rights for workers. And I think from that, uh, there is a culture of protecting those rights uh, by striking and by protesting in the streets. Um, I think one thing that is a little bit different from other... Um, because I think there's, you know, getting those rights in every country was gotten through the left wing of the political spectrum bumping against the right wing and getting things for workers. I think it's... And, and you know, I think some people would argue that actually the the right wing like the, the the employers for different reasons because they wanted their workers to be able to work agreed to give like uh health benefits and uh less working time because they needed people to be able to work but they also agreed to it so but anyway that that doesn't even matter my the point i'm getting to is um in other countries what i've seen even in the US, where unions are very strong, I think there's a misconception in France that Americans don't have unions. Um, that's not necessarily the case. There are some uh, sectors of the industry that are heavily unionized and where the when the unions says something, it's like thunder striking, like everyone, everything stops, people listen, and it can get really bad, but it gets really bad when everything else has failed is my feeling maybe you know some americans would tell me that's not exactly the case but i i feel that in france more often than not you start with the strike now this specific strike is really bad and i think this has uh, uh gone so bad because negotiations and discussions have consistently failed uh throughout the past few weeks months but in general, in France, you're like the, the the strike is one of the first weapons that the workers uh, pull out of their belt and go like, well, we're going to do that, um, which is without you know uh, 
value judgment on it is different uh, from many other countries, I think. Even in, in Finland, where I now live, it, it, there are strikes, as I've seen in the past few weeks, but it's like the last resort. Um, yes. In, in France, we mostly have a um, protest first and negotiate later, I yeah. think, for sure. <laughs> that's, what you're say, that's what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think even without going as far as Finland, which is very far from France, uh, <laughs> you can go to Germany, where you, I think the culture is more of uh, negotiating a lot. Uh, or in the uh, or in Switzerland, you you're gonna negotiate a lot more and if, and yeah protest and strike uh, later on if it doesn't work. But it's a yeah it's a last resort. Uh, really not in France. Uh, I don't know. I think we said it. It's uh, from the historical culture of the country, which uh, you said. Um, the in other countries, the the rights to worker were gotten by politics in the left and right wing, uh, between the left and right wing struggling and uh, fighting and getting the, um, this right for the workers. Uh, what you're saying is that voting and um, getting the people elected uh, gave workers uh, the rights we had to fight in France, I think, to get. And that's, what, that's the key uh, to understand to to understand that culture, I think. Because, well, I mean, yeah. No, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, striking and because striking and protesting were a valid way of getting things in the past. I think it it cemented in our culture as a way of things working. And maybe in the modern history of France, we tend to use it a lot. But um, uh, I think that's why, actually, that's why at least why in France it's so different from other countries. You know, I'm, that's the impression I had have kind of as well. But I think we tend to forget the, the how much striking there was, especially maybe in the UK, uh, where I believe Thatcher broke the unions. Um, and in the US, even uh, Reagan broke the unions. There was, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it was, and but there was a really interesting, was it Planet Money? An episode about Reagan breaking the unions in the um, air traffic controller strikes, which it, it was really interesting because honestly, even I think even from a left-wing point of view, the traffic controllers went too far in their uh, uh, demands and striking. And Reagan was kind of, I think, arguably justified in what he did, which was quite harsh. But essentially, the, the air traffic controllers got something that they asked for. And then they were like, we're in a strong position. We're going to ask for more. And then Reagan was like, well, in that case, F you. Um, but that had an effect, a lasting effect on the strike culture in the US where uh, unions were very wary uh, of striking. So in the, that happened in the past 30 years. Uh, similarly, in the UK, there were enormous strikes, uh, like for dire uh, issues as well. Uh, and Thatcher broke the unions also. So 
I, I think maybe in France, what happened was that there wasn't this breaking of the unions. I don't know. I think someone more versed in that kind of history um, could could tell us more about this. But certainly the feeling is that in those other countries, at least the UK and the US, but even in, in Finland, for different reasons, and for the Germany, as you said, in Switzerland and many other countries, the approach to strike is different. Um, so I think we've kind of made that pretty clear. Um, strikes are regarded as a negotiating tactic almost. Yeah, and I will say that while uh, no government in France have really um, um, f broken the unions, just, yeah, broken the unions, I would say that uh, in the past 15 years or so, the strike were not that effective anymore. Um, mm -hmm. I remember that under President Sarkozy, the, there was a, a similar reform, uh, not similar, but another, ref, another pension system reform that actually got through because the strike wasn't that effective and he got uh, the reform, the reform went as as planned. I don't think he made any, uh, I don't remember if he made any uh, negotiation with, uh, with the union back then. But, uh, well, I mean, there's always negotiations. I think yeah, sure. maybe that's something that we might be misrepresenting. The government and the unions and the representatives of the uh, uh, workforce and the, the um, uh, uh, bosses, company heads, uh, are always talking. It's not like they, they start by going down the, in the street. They're always talking, but yeah. negotiations break down very quickly, more quickly than in other countries. And, and the strikes are used as a pressure tool as negotiations are happening. Right. Yeah, what I, want, what I wanted to say was that he didn't give the strikers, I don't think he, did, he gave the strikers anything they demanded, I think, back then. And what I, my point was that in, in the last 15 years, the strike weren't that uh, effective. Um, there was really a, um, some, some kind of a comeback with a yellow jacket uh, one year ago. And I think uh, the, the strike we have right now about uh, the pension system uh, is really uh, born from uh, the yellow jacket one year ago. Um, I don't yeah. think it would be that effective uh, if there wasn't the yellow jacket one year ago. In fact, um, there was a, a, a labor, labor law, uh, I think, two years ago um, with a, a large reform for the um, uh, train uh, system in France, the train workers. And um, they went on strike, like we said, and it didn't work uh, really well. And I don't think they got a lot of things from that strike and it didn't work. Um, that was also because Ma uh, President Macron was just uh, elected and it was uh, in full force uh, from that vote. So he, he had the... Uh, uh, the backing of the people, share. I guess, yeah. Yeah, the mind share and the power to... Uh, go through with this reform, uh, you know, which is not really the case anymore. I don't think, I don't know if you would say that's fair and you would agree, but I don't think he has the same kind of mindshine power that he had uh, like two years ago. Uh, oh, I think you would you would need to be heavily biased to think that he he has the the uh, approval that he did two years ago. His approval plummeted. He He managed his 
communication very poorly uh, and managed the, the things he did very poorly. He was elected to, to, to do things uh, from the center and he did the things uh, that could be argued by different people, but he did the things that he wanted to do right of center uh, and none of the things that everyone was hoping he would do left of center. So he's been labeled a right-wing um, president and enemy of the worker, essentially, that he wants to destroy. Like he's the, 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 the <laughs> banker president yeah. who's protecting the rich, which I think, given what's happened, is a fair view to take. Even me, who supported him and still think there are a lot of things that are... Um, I, I don't judge him as harshly as many people in France do, but I think it's completely understandable that he is viewed that way and his um, approval has plummeted. Like, he, he can... He's consistently mismanaged what he does, partly because I think he has a... a <laughs> a specific view of himself and his action that is uh, uh, not shared by the rest of the country and even not shared by some of his um, friends, political friends. But um, I would say, however, what you've said about the way things have moved for uh, retirement reform in, in the country, I don't have the same view because for me... Um, there are a few things that are very explosively debated in the country. And, and one of those, probably the most explosively debated, is retirement reform. Um, and consistently, for the past 20 to 30 years, uh, you know, France is no different than other countries. Population is aging, and maybe a little bit less than in other countries, but um, with the aging population and the um, uh, working uh, conditions changing, people being able to be healthy longer and less younger people to pay for uh, pensions... Um, I think most people agree that the system has to be adapted. Um, and many governments have tried to adapt it as much as it should be, or and of course everyone disagrees on how it should be, but going as far as possible to satisfy the, the power in place. Uh, and that has never been possible to achieve because the, the uh, population is so strongly against reform. Uh, and you're always going to have people who say, this is the way we should go. This is not the way we should go. So the, the reform is always, uh, for the past 30 years, have never gone as far as it should. Um, and in my view, what Macron is trying to do now is to do the quote-unquote definitive reform um, in ways that even I am not sure uh, are the right things. Um, and I think I will mention, to go into the specific, two aspects um, of this entire debate. And you can tell me, Kasim, if this is um, accurate or not, in your opinion. Um, one aspect which is very important in the French psyche is the the both are linked, but it's the special um, regimes, special regimes, uh, regime spéciaux in French, which uh, address retirement conditions for specific 
parts of the worker force. And of course, the most iconic one is the uh, train um, conductors for the, the trains in France in general. Um, for decades and decades, they had negotiated a specific um, uh, retirement regime which allowed them to go into retirement earlier than other workers because it was uh, more difficult uh, working conditions, obviously, when you had to shovel coal into uh, the furnace in the train, then that would, you know, uh, destroy your health faster than the guy that was punching tickets in the train. Um, so, and they have kept that specific regime for um and and this is just one example i don't mean to harp on that one but i think it's the one that would come to most people mi most people's minds um when you talk about this issue in france and some people will tell you well it's already been adapted kind of and this is a non issue because it's so few people why do you harp on this um and some people will tell you well this is ridiculous they go to retire they retire at 62 uh, which, again, is not super accurate, but it's the image that people have. They definitely retire earlier than other um, workers. And we we can't keep doing that. We should push the retirement age further. Um, and, and again, the people on the left will tell you, well, no, we shouldn't push retirement age further. And I think here we're getting to the crux of the uh, political issue. They will tell you, we have money somewhere mostly in the pockets of the rich, let's take that money, let's tax a little bit more the people who make a lot of money. Um, and, and again, this is not something outrageous. I think it's a debate that should happen and the reasonability of these measures should be evaluated. Let's tax a little bit more here and there and give everyone more time to enjoy life and keep the retirement age at a reasonable level. Let's not push it to, you know, 68, 67 or further. Um, and, and let's make sure that everyone can work a full life and then enjoy uh, uh, some time when they retire at a not unreasonable age. So this is the debate on that, you know, uh, train conductor uh thing that is emblematic of, of that point. And the other thing is um, linked to that, the specific reform that Macron wants to put in place is a, a flat system for everyone, which again, even me, I, I don't think I agree with because different types of workers have different conditions and can work longer than others. So there should be a system in place to help people who can't work anymore. The, the, the example I always take is, you know, a construction worker is not going to be able to work as long as me, whose job is to sit in front of, of a computer. So I should be working longer than a construction worker. The way they do it in Finland is that it's determined, I think, by medical conditions. So if a doctor says, well, you know, your back is in, back is in bad shape, so you have the right to retire earlier. Um, I'm talking about construction workers here, not me. But whatever the work you do, medically, if you're not able to work anymore, then you're going to be able to, uh, you know, do another job or go on retirement and stuff like that. The, the image I have, at least, of the reform that Macron is proposing is, you know what? Everyone should be on the same basis and everyone should work um, until, you know, that specific age. 
And if you want to stop working before, you can from a certain age, but then you'll get less money, which I, I'm sure there are uh, um, ways to address medical issues. But the idea that everyone should be working no matter the type of job they do um, until the same age seems unfair to me um, as well. I'm sure it's addressed in the reform somehow. Um, but yeah, that that is a, an important point of it. So I talked a lot, Kasim, about the train conductors. Do you agree <laughs> that this is a symbolic one? Uh, and then about the, the flat age of retirement in this reform. Yeah, it's clearly the most iconic example you can give to explain the, the matter. Um, I think uh, there are two parts of this discussion. One is... Um, how the government is presenting its reform and how they are discussing it. Um, I think part of the of why people are, are protesting and ang getting angry uh, right away is because the history of government Macron to uh, present and enforce his reform without discussing a lot, even in the um, parliament, uh, about his reform. So, there is really a, um, a way of uh, um, defiance. Uh, defiance, yeah. Yeah, defiance. I uh, mean, I... discussing, they have a majority. So yeah, if sure. you go by, by the rules of, of the, the Republic, which again, some people will say that this system should be changed because it's not fair enough. But you're, you're making it sound a little bit like it's undemocratic. No, uh, what it, I, it isn't. Yeah, well, it's, well uh, yeah, I agree. I, I, we should change the system. I'm part of the people that think that, but uh, that's not what the, the point I was trying to make. Uh, okay. Yeah, he has, a, he has the votes and the um, um, constitutional right to uh, get this reform and push it. But uh, what I meant is that the way he presented it and the way he's trying to make it uh, vote by the parliament and stuff like this make uh, people tend to uh, be angry and uh, fear this reform, even uh, even without uh, reading or uh, really analyzing it. They are fear. They start by getting fear by just by the way he's presenting the reform i think mm. so um, the, the the style is as problematic as the substance of it's uh, not like uh it's not like he said um listen guys we we have a problem with the retirement like you said patrick as uh, um uh, the population is getting older and uh, we have uh, less money for uh to pay this a growing number of retirement plan so we need to do something and uh, let's have a discussion and um, on this topic only because as you said it's a topic that um, has really had a lot of heated debate over the past few decades and let's have a discussion and let's uh, see wh who gets uh, the right solution that will uh, please the most, even though I was, even if it was part of, uh, I get that the reform was part of the of his program, and he has the right to, to, and part of this of his political plan, and he, he was he has the right to push to his reform it, yeah. and the idea of his reform, and I I believe yeah he, he thinks he has the right idea, uh, and maybe it is 
the right idea of uh, which waveform to go through. But um, uh, I, I think it would have been uh, maybe wiser to present it like you did and have an open discussion about the topic. And so do you my, think it would, have, it would have gone more smoothly if he had done that? Like all of a sudden people would have said, yeah, okay, let's do that reform the way you, you know, with a few uh, uh, changes, let's well, I, do it. I, I don't think it would be the same reform, but uh, mm. I don't. I don't exactly know. Uh, of course, how it would have gone through, but with the open discussion behind him, it would have the grown uh, legitimacy. Legitimacy, to, yeah. Yeah, to push it, I think, because you know, it's yeah, yeah, it's funny because the image I have of people's image of Macron in France. Um, and that might be my own bias. Uh, the image I have is that it's almost, almost as bad as the. Uh, maybe that's that's pushing it a little bit too far, but it seems like he can do no right, almost in the way that leftists look at uh, Trump in the U.S. or rightists look looked at um, Hillary Clinton in the last election, and. This is an exaggeration. I don't think it's quite that bad. But I think that because of all the mistakes he made and the miscommunications that he uh, did, he's, he's, people can't hear him anymore. Um, yeah, exactly. That's why I think he should have opened it with a discussion and not... So to calm but, things down and to, to yeah. quiet things down, like to say, okay... I know I messed up, you know, I know we don't understand each other, but this is important, guys. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Right? This kind of okay. And and he kept going with his let's just do it style, which was never gonna be accepted. I think, yeah. But mm. um after yeah, I think that's uh, fair. On the reform itself, uh two things you didn't mention, I think, was mm -hmm. that um the global, the general idea of uh, a pension system reform in France is that, uh, as you said, um, people are gonna need to work later on. Uh, most people are gonna um, need to work uh, older than they did. Uh, right now, I think the age at which we you can take your retirement is uh, 62, and the idea of the reform uh, with the uh, infamous pivot age is that uh, you should be able to work longer and uh, be in, uh, with incentives uh, to work longer than that and uh, to be less stressful on the retirement system. Uh, but so do the, you agree from your uh, left-wing point of view, do you agree that this has to happen somehow? Maybe not with the system Macron is proposing, but it has to happen. This People will need to work longer. I understand why people think that. <laughs> that. No, but uh, I'm asking what you think. I, I don't think I agree uh, because of two things, uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, one is um, the unemployment rate of the elderly, um, because we are asking, in theory, people to work longer, but uh, they actually don't work that long because they are unemployed most of the time at that age. Uh, companies don't really necessarily want to have a 60 years old 
uh, game developer in their team. Maybe sometimes <laughs> they they don't necessarily want that. So, um, well, like, so game development is is no, a, an example course. that's biased because it's of a very course. young industry. But yeah, I, I get what you mean. Like, if especially let's say you get fired at fifty seven or you lose your job for some reason it's difficult at 60 to find a new job as a i don't know salesperson or yeah it's definitely more difficult but but you know if you uh, 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 of course i i picked the example of a game developer uh, <laughs> on purpose because it's a young industry but uh and I'm, I'm not really kidding if we if the reform asks them to work to 65 year old or 60 or whatever um, they are going to need to have workers uh, to have game developers of 62 to 65 mm -hmm. in sometimes in right. later on. And that's going to happen. And I'm not sure it's, well, it's going to work that way. Mm. And I mean, I guess my hope is that this young industry is going to age with <laughs> its population. And, you know, by, by 2040, uh, there will be developers that can be that age. But yeah, I, it's it's going to be the same. I guess it's more problematic now because the that industry is so young. But in 20 years, it's going to be the same as every other industry where that is a problem already. So I understand yeah. what you mean. It's not like things are ideal in the other older industries. Um, right. And uh, the other thing is that uh, while we age older right now, thanks to uh, a better health, healthcare system and uh, better access to health, to healthcare, um, we do age later on, but we have the same. Uh, I don't I think it's a um, worker and good health uh, age is the same as it was uh, like 20, 30, 40 years ago. Uh, which is, I don't remember, it's like something like 60 years old or around that. Right. So the, to let yeah. me, I've heard that argument before. Let me explain it to the listeners. Essentially, you do live longer, but you don't live longer in good health. Living in good health is roughly until, let's say, 60 or 65 even. Uh, but after that, you're starting to get health issues. So the idea of that argument is that Sure, you can push the retirement age because you live later, but then you end up pushing people to work until they can't really enjoy life anymore anyway. Because if you ask people to work until, on average, you know, let's say 68, and people on average start getting real health issues when they're 65 or even 70, um, you're telling them work until you're, you can't enjoy life anymore. Um, so I, I think that's the argument there. Right. Yeah. So that's why, with both point, uh, that's why I can say that everyone should uh, work and uh, lo longer than right now, and that's why I can say yes to your uh, question when you asked uh, if people should work later on. Um, All right. But, so what's what's the solution then? Because <laughs> we do need money. It, let's say I, I, on the, on theory. I agree with you that, you know, if we can get people to work until to get the retirement early enough that they're going to have, I don't know, 10 years of healthy life to enjoy uh, uh, their their time. Um, this does, of course, require uh, financing. So how would your camp suggest, and this is a, an actual question, um, to finance those still early age or not uh, not early age, but 
unmoving <laughs> retirement age? Well, that's that's where I'm not. I don't think I uh, I know enough uh, about our reform of pension system to know how to make it work better. Oh, I'm uh, not asking I, you about this pension system. I'm asking you about your ideal solution. Yeah, I don't know uh, because. Oh, you can't say that, Kasim. That's <laughs> that is where. Okay, this is where communication breaks down in every country and including in France. Um, and maybe even more in France, because on one hand, I very much respect and agree with the idealism of, you know, any uh, uh, political movement. And there are great ideas on the left. I think there are great ideas on the right as well. Um, I think capitalism gets a really bad rap in France, especially, and we forget a lot of the, the, the great things that we've gotten with our systems in the past 50 years. There are bad things too, but the progress of objective reality is staggering. And that's why I don't blame the boomers too much for uh, many things other than, you know, breaking the planet um, <laughs> with the ecology uh, ecology issues. But what I'm trying to get at is the ideal uh, situations are great. But at some point, in any other country, you end up sitting down and saying, all right, this is what we would like to aim for, but we need something to work now. So what can we actually do? Um, and both parts of the negotiation discuss and come up with a hopefully reasonable compromise. I feel like in France, and I've talked about this in, in many areas in my French shows, but I feel like in France, people are unwilling to, to, to compromise, to have something to actually be in place that will function even if it's not satisfying their um, hopes, all of their hopes. Um, so this is where, you know, I, I, I get into the raw mode um, <laughs> against you. But yeah, but, th what, what do you say to that, Kasim? <laughs> uh, what I say is that um, I, I think I didn't uh, make myself clear, I think. Uh, I personally don't have the solution because I'm not an expert, but I think there are people uh, that I agree with that are proposing things that uh, I would agree with and that are uh, smart. And, but like um, what? Right, uh, well, first, one, one thing you said actually mm -hmm. was uh, uh, the example of uh, Finland. Uh, where you have the idea of a, doc of, um, yeah, a doctor uh, checking if oh, you're so in... Oh, so the medical, yeah, medical yeah. conditions, yeah. Mm -hmm. The medical condition. And uh, I think that's a smart idea to check if someone uh, is in shape to, to continue working or if he has to start his retirement. But you don't think there's there would be I, I I'm in your camp there I don't know the exact details of the uh, reform but you think in if the reform were to pass if someone had a bad back and they would go to the doctor um, and the doctor would say yeah that person can't be a um, construction worker anymore the they would the 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 system would tell them well you still have to work so find another job 
rather than allowing for retirement. Is that what yeah, you're... Yeah, I think, okay. <laughs> actually. But uh, of course, it sounds weird like this, but I think that's actually what should, what would okay. happen right now. Um, well, yeah, there is something we didn't discuss, discuss here is uh, how... Uh, it's important uh, in France, in French culture, to have things uh, written in law. In law. Yeah. Oh, we um, we. If it's <laughs> not in the in in the law book, how will you know what to do? Like, you can't not have it written specifically exactly. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. So right now, it's not written in the law that okay. uh, that the doctor can put someone on retirement. So, so let me ask you this then. I, there are different versions of this, and I think I would, I could agree with a doctor-led system. Um, uh, uh, is it Thomas Piketty, the 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 economist? I think um, yeah, yeah. He he's a darling of the left wing at the moment, and there's uh, he says some really interesting things. There's one thing that he's proposing, which is modulating retirement age with uh, life expectancy on different um, work categories. So if you're, again, my example of a construction worker, your life expectancy might be lower than if you work as an office clerk like me. And so we would modulate retirement age with uh, life expectancy for that category and work it like that. Of course, it's not a perfect system. Um, it It's complicated for people who change jobs, etc. There, there are many issues, but it's one of the things he's proposing, which I think is interesting. And again, he's a darling of the left. So uh, that is uh, uh, something that could be discussed. Um, it's definitely not in the current project, so it's not yeah, no. part of that discussion. And but I would like to point something out and maybe ask you a question at the same time. If that was put in place, or if the the um, doctor-led uh, retirement age was put in place, it would lead to the train conductors, I think, losing their special status. And uh, Yeah, and... Even though, uh, even without that, it would lead to um, probably work uh, office workers uh, working longer. Yes, than absolutely. Than, and, and and I think it will, the reform wouldn't be successful because of uh, people would argue that it's um, a measure that unfair. would be on, yeah, it would be unfair and on uh, on the subject of equality and because yeah. it's. Uh, uh, you have the difference between um, equality and equity, I think, and justice. Uh, mm. And uh, yeah, basically, that's a um, right. Uh, the system you have the choice between a system where everyone is on the same rights, but that means that some people, like we said, uh, would have uh, issues, uh, health issues, for instance. And you have a system where it's uh, case by case, uh, like, and it's like what uh, Piketty is proposing, I think. Uh, but uh, it's not uh, ideal either because, like you said, uh, maybe it, it would lead to train worker working longer, but it will also also lead um, uh, office worker to train to work in far longer than they do now. And I don't think it will uh, say... Well, I mean, far longer than they do now. I think the the, the one thing that I uh, uh, would uh, put forward, to me, and that's, again, another point of breaking down the, the conversation, there's no doubt that we need to be working longer, everyone. 
Um, now, maybe some people need to be working less longer than others. I think office workers, that especially if you're in good health, there's no reason that a someone whose job is to file stuff in, in file cabinets would stop working at, you know, 62, unless they want to and get less uh, retirement money, maybe. But for... The, the issue is that people wouldn't agree that uh, they don't want to work uh, longer only to be to to pay for the people that work less. Uh, there is uh, this idea. Uh, I think that I don't. Is now I don't know that it's. Friends. I I don't know that that's the case. We we agree to pay for people who have uh, you know, who don't work because of health issues. We agree to pay for people who don't work because they got laid off. Um, there is a solidarity in France. Mm -hmm. I, it depends where you push, you know, the limit. And many people would argue, again, as I said in the beginning, that maybe on unemployment benefits we have too much or uh, some things like that. But no one will tell you we shouldn't pay for unemployment benefits. No, right. But um, I think that's because it's uh, something passed as, um, as a historic thing. And uh, that was uh, given upon us. I don't think uh, any of us um, that uh, were uh, alive back then to to get uh, this right. So it's really... so you think people would be against it today if it was proposed today if it didn't exist? Yeah, I think. Yeah. See, that's the that's the cynicism of uh, <laughs> the left wing, <laughs> the the the, the anti-capitalistic view um, of. Oh, it's all going to shit. People don't care about the poor and things are crap everywhere. And I really don't think that's the view of most people. I think most people, especially in France, uh, you know, maybe we strike instead of voting for Trump, for example. It's like may maybe that's our way of, of um, uh, uh, releasing the, the stress or something. I don't know. But I think most people in France are for a certain level of solidarity and helping those who don't have as much. Um, and I, I think it shows, it's not some golden era of uh, the, the workers fighting to get things against the establishment that has completely dissipated because the establishment and the capitalists are ruling the world today. I don't think that's the, I think that's the picture that a lot of people have but I don't think it's an accurate one. Um, I think a lot of people are for equality and solidarity in France still, um, and that the current system is satisfactory at 80% for 80% of the population, and that we want to change it a little bit in this or that direction. Um, but mostly people are happy with most of it. You, um, don't, think, you don't think that's the case. I think that uh, being for something and actually being uh, actually agreeing to see it implemented is two things that are different. Mm -hmm. And if you ask someone on the street that uh, if uh, people people should uh, work less if they have health issue, for instance, they will say, of course, uh, that should be the case. Uh, if you get into specific, like, uh, see, the train workers need to work less, then people are going to say, what, what about me? What, what, what do I get here? And okay, why I do I need to work 
How I think the train workers is a bad example because in all of those systems we described that would be fair to the people who need to work less, I think the train workers would work more than their work today. I don't think, I don't see any system, unless I really don't understand how the train workers uh, uh, work, I don't think there's any system that would be objective that would keep, that would uh, give the train workers the system they have today. So I don't think that's a good example. If you ask construction workers, again, this is a great, I think it's a good example because they really have a hard uh, uh, life and work life. If you ask people about construction workers, train workers, they wouldn't agree. I don't think people would agree. Ah, yeah, train workers, it's so hard. They would uh, uh, need to work less. Construction workers, if you ask people, do you think they should work until 68? I don't think a lot of people in theory and in actuality would say, yeah, they need to work until 68. Do you, do you think people would say that? Mm, I, no, I don't think so. But um, what I've, I think we are talking here without um, data and we are... Well, of course, it's the Phileas uh, Club. We talk yeah, about our feelings I mean, and the way we, we see things. It's not like the definitive ex expert show. Because, yeah, sure. But because we are both... French and I think we are both biased to towards because I would agree with you that uh, uh, under a fair system, a train worker will work longer probably because oh, thank because you. of because yeah you you just uh, we, you just got you, a a target on your back from all the unions <laughs> in in the country just so you know but uh, yeah sure <laughs> yeah <laughs> but. Um, the, because we don't, yeah, we don't use coal anymore on trains. So yes, it's less, mm. maybe less hard. But uh, I think we have uh, a bias against train workers because of how we are, um, uh, I don't know, uh, getting, uh, I think we are here right now, we have uh, 20 to 30 years of uh, TV news and stuff like this that show us that uh, train workers are working, um, striking and protesting how to get uh, what is seen uh, for people, from a lot of people as a, uh, an advantage, uh, unfair advantage of over other workers. Okay, um, but you still think that they should, they, in a, in a, a more fair system, that, they, they would work longer? Yes, but maybe I'm biased. You know what I mean? Oh, come on. No, you can't say either. I mean, yes, maybe you're biased. Maybe we don't know the actual actuality. I'm not a train of, worker, you know. Sure, <laughs> of course, of course. But I guess I, I would get to back to your point, which you were saying when you're talking about other people, people will say, oh, yeah, this is fine. This is whatever. But when you talk about yourself, then all of a sudden you say, oh, no, I don't want to work more. Um, and that would be the case for train workers. Would you say, Kasim, that as a an office worker, you would be OK with working more than a, you know, a, a, a construction worker? It's the harshest example, but I keep coming back to it. I think we are going back to what would be the ideal uh, reform. Is that mm. um, yes, I would uh, say I I think I would be okay to work longer if, but you would have to prove to me that it's uh, actually a, a necessity. It's uh, mm. something that will be really needed. And so we are financially, 
yeah. financially you think there would be other ways to finance retirement pensions and so maybe we don't need to work until i don't know 68 because we're office workers yeah and like you said uh, the um, I, I was gonna say the stupid way of thinking it was uh but that's not really stupid it's just um uh, of the taxing the rich Mm. Uh, way of thinking it's a bit um, easy even in French uh, even in France we find it we find that solution a bit uh, too easy because uh, it seems to be the solution to about every issue mm. <laughs> um, and we won't be able to solve every issue with uh, one solution I think mm. uh, but uh, that's part of it and that's where we you can't really um, pull out the reform from the uh, climate in France, where you had the yellow jacket one year ago and you had the, um, you said, uh, when you said President Emmanuel Macron uh, did a lot of uh, things on the right side of the spectrum instead mm -hmm. of the left side, uh, one of the key things he did that is um, really um, strike as an as it's a striking it's example. emblematic yeah i yeah, know where you're France. going and i agree yeah <laughs> uh it's um he lowered the tax the the tax for the richest in the country which is uh something that um is uh seen as really bad in france for the left side um because you're you're yeah you're uh, lowering the tax for the rich when the country needs more money and have financial issue on multiple topics like the pension system. So it's uh, it has been seen in France as giving back uh, uh, to the rich instead of giving back to the poor. Um, yeah. So let, though, let me explain. Let me explain yeah, what that tax is because it's not that bad. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad idea from Macron on an international international perspective. Uh, the fact that he did that in one of the first thing he did um, created the, that cli that climate. But I will let you I explain. Agree. No, I completely it. agree. I think I think that's a very fair way of of characterizing that action. But just so people understand what that tax is, it's not quite lowering the tax on the rich. Um, it's a supplemental tax on the richest uh, citizens that earn uh, or or that have a, a, a net worth of more than a million euros. They have a supplemental tax of I don't know. I can't remember how much it was, but it was like less than one percent. Um, and so if you have a net worth of more than that much, you had to pay not on your income. Um, the income was taxed as well to, you know, a level that is determined that that grows when you earn more money. Um, you, you pay a larger percentage of that money uh, as income tax. And that was a supplemental tax on your net worth um, that was uh, uh, on, uh, well... On the for having the money you have, you have to pay a, a percentage of it to the state. And he changed it. He basically removed it, but he kept um, he 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 um, removed it on the reinvestments, but kept it uh, on some of the the parts of the things like um, um, owning. Uh, the things that you own. So there were part of it that was dis that disappeared, part of it that uh, stayed. Um, 
And the, the, the logic behind it is that it pushes people who have a lot of money out of the country. Now, I don't know how accurate that is. It makes sense to me instinctively. Um, but in any case, it represented a small amount, a very small amount of uh, the income of the, the state and the negative effect in their mind. I think everyone admits it's mostly symbolic, but the symbol, as Kasim said, is very, very strong uh, for the country. And that helped uh, create that image of Macron, which is anti-poor, pro-rich. Now, I think the, the anti-poor, pro-rich is unquestionable in France because of that measure uh, for most people. I think for most people listening outside of the country, where that kind of tax doesn't even exist, and I think would appear extremely unfair, given the fact that they already pay the, their income tax on their revenue, on their income, and that is an additional tax on the things they own, on which they have already paid taxes because it was purchased or inherited or whatever uh, um, with income. Um, I think the, the opinion on that, maybe I'm wrong, but I think the opinion on that from people outside the country would be very different from the opinion inside the country. But again, I'm not at all disputing the fact that it was a pivotal uh, uh, decision from Macron. If he had done it, you know, if he had done all the things for the poorest among us that he, he should do in the beginning and the things for the richest afterwards things would have gone very, very differently for him. And that specific action was very important in defining that. Right. And that, and yeah, and this creates the, this creates the climate where you, I don't see a reason. It's as, it hasn't been really proven to me that uh, we should all work longer because we have financial issue with the pension system when uh, we are actually lowering some of the or modifying the way riches are paying taxes and you can you can forget it when you're talking about the pension system mm. um, it stays and, in your mind and, and people keep that as the well you're asking us to work longer and pay more but at the same time you're giving money back to the people who already have enormous amounts yeah mm. that, um, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I really don't think that that tax was fair at all. I think it was a dumb idea and it's ridiculous. But I would, I could absolutely be convinced of increasing the income tax uh, on you know the richest uh, uh, part of the population. So it's really not, at least for me, it's not about not taxing the rich. It's just that this specific tax was seemed dumb to me and i but, i would agree mm, actually yeah. on this that <laughs> that's uh you know that's a way of uh, people are seeing this reform and not yeah. the actual the actual thing the reform is doing yeah. uh, and the issue the also the, the other issue is that macron won't <laughs> do what you're saying that uh, uh, changing the income taxes for instance mm -hmm. i don't think he's gonna put them higher uh, to to um, for the rich, to balance yeah. to balance yeah. uh, the reform he did, so, and I um, think at that point we we get into another question, which is: Is there too much income tax to begin with in the country, and 
is, and that's a question that is universal, uh, the size of the state compared to the income tax. And I always go to the northern countries where things are a little bit more balanced. I'm, I don't think I'm wrong in saying that France has a pretty large uh, income rate, income tax rate already. Um, and so in the case of France, when we look at that, I would say, I'm not sure increasing the amount of tax is necessarily the right idea because as you said earlier you can always increase the amount of tax for everything if you want to find this as the only solution and the reason i go there is that i think the income tax compared to uh you know taxes in general in france compared to the rest of the world is already really high and maybe that's not actually true i think it is um but that would be my my thinking there. That's why I in other countries I might say, well, in those countries, yes, we should raise the taxes, but it's different conditions. And only on um, and these taxes only do so much. So by that I mean that if you're uh, raising the, the income taxes, you're gonna push uh, people with money to invest in owning things like uh, yeah. real estate. Um, and they, that will make them maybe uh, have less and less in, less taxes, but they will still have the wealth to be yeah. to own several things. So it's not really a, a solution either. So you know, that's it's really interesting. I I'm loving our conversation because certainly we're disagreeing on stuff, but I think the you are admittedly on the left side of the political spectrum and. We are agreeing, even though I'm pointing out things that we're disagreeing with, we're agreeing on on a lot of things. And those things you're saying are traditionally, I think, um, right-wing arguments. And some of the things I've been saying about, you know, uh, uh, um, the the aligning my ideas with those of Thomas Piketty, who is a left-wing person, I think this is the case in in French society more than what I've seen other other countries. You're like, okay, what's this idea? I'm not sure I agree with that. This is going too far. Listen to this one. Maybe it's it makes sense. Regardless of um the the origin of the idea, to an extent, I think when you go into, you know, the parliament and but the population has those kinds of open dialogues more than than the image I have of other countries, and that might be because we have our uh, uh, such a wide um, political life because we have the two turn system. I often talk about the one turn system in the U.S., where you have to you only have two parties, and you have just one chance to decide. And so you can't, you know, experiment essentially or vote for the, the thing we often say is in France, we vote for the thing we want first and then against the thing we don't want. Uh, and it has its problems as well, but at least it fosters that culture of I'm going to look at all the ideas. Probably I'm not going to go that route because historically I'm more of that uh, I, uh, 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 family uh, party, but in general, you look at a, a lot of different things, or I think a lot of people do. Not everyone does, but um, yeah. I think um, to underline your point, I think as um, in France, we are we have really really, uh, really strong uh, political uh, culture, and uh, we have a lot of debates. Uh, for instance, we have shows on TV at, at prime time. Uh, we have like uh, free free hours debates uh, that people actually 
watch <laughs> uh, on national TV. And, I don't... and those aren't on 24 hours news channels. Some of them, yes, of course, but not just, not only. Yeah. And, like, and it, it's I'm not partisan about, uh, stuff. It's not part. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that show on uh, France 2, which is uh, one of the main national uh, TV station. Yeah. Um, where you have debates for three hours and a lot of people watch it. It's, it's really popular. And uh, I think that's something we see not only in France, but uh, that's a strong part of France. Mm. And uh, as you said, it's, uh, I think it's create a climate where people are discussing a lot of about political issues, making uh, political, even political uh, jokes all, all the time. And we have mm. a lot of discussion about uh, politics in our country. And as you said, uh, you pointed, uh, you pointed at it uh, briefly, but uh, there is the state of mind in the parliament is really, really different. Um, where you would have to, there is a, a strong partisan uh, sentiment where you need to always be against whatever uh, people that are not in your party are proposing, mm. um, or you are you always uh, on the opposite side. You always have to be uh, everything for everything your party is proposing, even though you declared on maybe on Twitter uh, three years ago that you were against it. Uh, now you're for you're in favor of that reform because uh, you're part of the government or you're uh, against the uh, you're against the government and mm. you're going to need. Uh, so if there is a strong uh, partisanship in the parliament. That is not really the, maybe not the, really the case in the population. And maybe that's part of uh, the issue, like I said, the, about the pension system reform. Uh, Macron is trying to, was trying actually to, to push the, the reform through the instances of the government and uh, with the parliament, which is, uh, again, his total right to do, and he was elected to do that. But um, there, maybe it's... it's is it's uh, the parliament system and the uh, and our system is in need of uh, of a reform that's what i believe <laughs> of uh, overhauling so you want the sixth ah. republic to come forth <laughs> um well as a conclusion i will ask you um where you think this is going to end because it's already been one of the longest strikes and and demonstrations in the history of the country which is storied with many of them already um how do you think it's going to end? When? What will happen? What do you think? Well, uh, with my cynicism, I think um, the reform will actually go through. I think uh, the government is going to give a couple of things to uh, unions. They actually started doing that by changing a bit of the discussion on the pivot edge, even though it's not really that different in, in the law right now. But um, they, are try they are moving a bit, but I think the, the core of the reform will stay the same. Uh, and Macron will succeed to push it through because it's, like, as you said, it's uh, maybe the longest strike uh, in recent history. But because it's the longest strike, I think it's, we are closer to the end than yeah. from the start. And... Uh, uh, we, had, we haven't seen the government 
uh, move a lot of his ideas uh, on this reform. So that I, if the past month didn't give them a reason to push back the reform or to cancel a few things, I don't think the next few weeks will. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you think. And, and interestingly, I think this might benefit Macron in the public opinion in general. I think if that happens, I overall, I think it might. He's going to give a couple of things to the unions, as you said, but he started on a, a, such a immovable strand, uh, uh, stance. Maybe that was, you know, calculated. Maybe that's what he wanted to do. What the, I and just to complete the unknown, the unknown factor on that, and I will agree with you, but the unknown factor of that is the uh, police, actually, and mm. uh, the chance of... Um, having an uh, an accident or something uh, uh, severe happening during the protest because we have right now we have a bit of an, of an issue with all, uh, the way uh, you you are aware of that uh, of the way of of cops are managing the the protests. There have and, been numerous instances of police violence that are well documented and not. Uh, very well dealt with, I think. And that's, uh, I, I would think that's the part where uh, Macron is risking a bit on his, uh, on his uh, approval rate. Uh, uh, that's the part, if he gets to push it through uh, without more accident and uh, something severe happening, uh, then I would agree with you, he's going to come out as victorious of, of this. But um, something could tr could uh, drastically change over the next weeks if there is an accident, for instance. Right. If if you know someone dies in a police uh, uh, confrontation or something like that, yeah, I think that would be. He, I agree that he's pushing things to the limit there because he's been he hasn't addressed the issues of uh, police violence, and and that is becoming increasingly difficult to um let go i think so yeah i agree that that could be a, a, an issue there i mean uh, if something really bad happens he could um then come out against it i think that that it could be managed maybe i don't know i think he's possibly i don't know if he's too stubborn and dumb or super clever and looking, you know, <laughs> three moves ahead of everyone else? I, I have no idea. I think he's he's intelligent. He's a clever guy. Um, but I don't know if he's too full of himself or if he knew that uh, because of the reform, the reform's unpopularity, he would face a gigantic um, social movement and thought, you know, I have to say strong from the beginning and then give a couple of things and then the reform might go through. Or if he was just like f everyone, I'm I do what I want. I really don't know. Um, is he, is he really stubborn or really clever? Is is something I? It's a question I've seen asked about another president, but I will let you conclude. Uh, you you're talking about <laughs> Trump, of course. Uh, I think that is an unfair comparison. But, right, uh, I'm and just, I think I'm joking. You, and, and I think you agree as well that it's uh, yeah, yeah, unfair. Sure. Yeah, um, but you know. I, it it's possible that all of those people are really clever. Actually, I think it's a, it's very <laughs> unlikely in the case of Trump. He's very lucky and uh, peculiar. But um, I, I think 
Macron possibly has uh, is looking even beyond France. I think he's looking at Europe, and mm. I think he's looking at twenty uh, years down the line, and he has an eye on making Europe uh, uh, a stronger unified entity, um, and that's what he's looking at. And he's playing the game to get there and the long to, game. you know, the, the, the long game to become president of a more federalized Europe, which is being more and more difficult because people are against a, a more federalized Europe already. But I think that's what he's looking at. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I tend to agree with you on the resolution of this current crisis. Um, and and what I really hope will happen is that he makes this go through and then he spends the next two years of his presidency, um, the last two years, I should say, doing stuff for the the less fortunate, for the yellow jackets and for the poorest and like trying to manage that aspect. And I have very little hope that it will actually happen. But that's what I'm hoping. Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I also have very little hope on that. Maybe something that will be, I don't know, uh, maybe more uh, believable would be a, a reform on the ecological things. Yeah, I don't think he has managed to re-tangle mm. uh, that, um, tackle that uh, right, the right way right now. And yeah. uh, it's something that would... Uh, in, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but in France, uh, ecolo ecological issues are really strong in the left side. Uh, it's a really important topic on the left side of the spectrum, and maybe doing stuff uh, for the environment, uh, reform for the environment, uh, would make maybe he made this approval rate higher on the left side. I, actually, you're you're completely right. I think if he tackles the environment, the, the, you're saying on the left side. I think it's on both sides now, and I think a lot of people, uh, if things aren't done, uh, a lot of people are going to just vote uh, for the Green Party. Just you know, even from the right side, because the Green Party is traditionally uh, very much aligned with the left side. Um, but I think people will just vote for the Green Party because, you know, F everyone else, we need to do something, which wasn't the case even three years ago for the last election. And I think if he actually does tackle uh, the ecology in a serious way, more serious than he has until now, I think he gets reelected. I think that, that you're right, it's the key thing. And it would be very clever and important for him to do that. He, he might, uh, if he gets this through, it gives him the political capital with his camp, with the center and the right, to do things uh, uh, in that way. The, the big problem is you start tackling industry problems, which yep. I haven't seen the willingness on his part to upset um, until now. So, Yeah, that's an issue. Yeah. All right. Well... Thank you very much for spending an hour and a half talking about France and, and all of that. Uh, I really appreciate it, Kasim. I know it's, you know, we have uh, uh, differing views and it's in English. It's not necessarily the easiest thing for you. And um, even though your English is wonderful. Um, and and I mean, just 
coming to talk about these very uh, uh, core issues to the country and personal issues that we are uh, immersed in uh, on a daily basis uh, is not necessarily something everyone would do. So uh, thank you very much for, for doing that. Thank you uh, for having me. And sorry if I didn't have the perfect solution for... <laughs> How dare you not have the, the perfect solution to one of the biggest issues that is facing the entire world right now. Uh, next, you're going to tell me that you don't have the perfect solution for the uh, environmental crisis we're facing. <laughs> How dare you? Although, you know, their solutions would exist. But um, anyway, uh, eat less meat. That's one solution. Uh, impossible foods is great. And corn and all of those, that helps. Um, all right, talking to Americans, I'm <laughs> guessing that's not going to be a very popular idea. Uh, do people, I, I'm sure, you know, I'm certain there are a lot of French people listening as well. Uh, where would they go if they want to find more from you? Uh, well, mostly on Twitter. At, I, I want to say on Twitter at NotCassim because I tweet in f both French and sometimes in English. Uh, I think that's the best place to see where, where what thing I do. Excellent. Not Kasim will be in the show notes. For me, it's not Patrick, inspired by Not Kasim, of course. Um, on Twitter, Facebook, <laughs> not and the, Instagram. The no, no, no. Um, in Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, if you enjoy the show, if you like it, if you think it's valuable, then you can support it at uh, patreon.com slash the Phileas Club. You can support it financially. The link is in the show notes. And I very much appreciate all of those who already do. Thank you immensely for supporting this uh this show, which is a little bit peculiar, a little bit different from what you usually get. So thank you very much. Thank you, Kasim. Thank you, everyone. And we'll talk to you in a few weeks. Bye.